Welcome to the Way Forward Podcast, where we tackle the hard life questions so we can rest in the now and be equipped for the way forward. I'm your host, Hannah Fothery. Welcome back to the Way Forward Podcast. On this week's episode, my husband Taylor is returning to discuss everyone's favorite topic, marriage. Marriage is such a beautiful gift, but often people get married and then realize it's a lot of work, takes time to grow, and might not always meet your expectations. If you're like us at all, we've learned that marriage shows your true colors, both the good and the bad, and it takes a lot of selfless, unconditional love. So, welcome back, Taylor. I'm excited to talk with you this week on ways that we've grown in our marriage, things that we've learned, and even some mistakes that we've made all to work on the now and help us find the way forward in our journey together. So first things first, share with everybody how long we've been married and a little bit about our journey. Sure. So we have currently been married for a little over two years now. Uh, We got married about a year before the pandemic hit. So we were still sort of figuring out the basic dynamics of how a marriage works at that time. Um, I think the second year was really the harder year for us uh, because dating each other was much more difficult than uh, uh, difficult with the pandemic. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, I felt like we were secure in our marriage. And um, so to stay safe, we just need to stay home uh, during that period. And and I suppose that was a safe call. But honestly, I think operating that way kind of got our mindset in a rut. Um, I, I think it led to stalling and some growth and in our marriage and as you know, it it took intentionally working together to get our marriage spiritually and relationally uh, in a better position where we are growing together. Absolutely. So let's talk pre-marriage for a second. You're engaged, prepping for the big day, anxiously awaiting its arrival. What are some things that you would encourage engaged couples to do specifically during the engagement season? Well, every every relationship is uh, different, um, but I know for for one of I know one of the biggest struggles that we both struggled with uh, was the the wait uh, to get married. Right. Um, I've said this many times before. Uh, if if I had it my way, I would have just married you on the day I proposed to you. I knew you were the one. There was no doubt in my mind, and uh, I just wanted to be your husband. So waiting the next eleven months made to make it official was was really hard for me. Yes. So I guess my first piece of advice to those in this season would be to consider uh, a short engagement. Um, now, for those of you who are already engaged or and have a date set, I would say um, continue to guard parts of your heart and body during this time. Uh, Hannah and I had um, a wonder cu- wonderful couple who we're very good friends with who who just recently got married and as they were going through the engagement process, it reminded me of how long the process can feel. They also reminded me of how difficult this process is. I'm sure you remember what we were going through and they mm-hmm. they just had recently bought a house together so they could move in once they returned from the wedding. So they were so proud of their new house. On hearing them say this, it brought back so many memories. I mean, at that stage, you're so in love, you have shared this with the per- to sh- you know you want to share this with the person you want to be married with and and to have to wait idly uh, until you're officially married um, is so difficult um, I would just lovingly say know your boundaries and if you need help doing so take some advice from our friends and don't put yourself in 
a secluded space for just the two of you. Bring friends or maybe hang out in more public spaces or around family. I know this sounds like overkill or a little bit extra, but believe me, if you have to wait 11 months to be to marry the person you love, you'll probably have boundary issues too. That was very sweet. Um, yeah, we jokingly say we actually got engaged on July 4th um, and Taylor said the entirety of our engagement that he just wished that was the day we actually got married. So um, it sounds like old or cliche, but I agreed that do what you need to do, protect your boundaries. And if you can have a short engagement, it's well worth it. Um, I would definitely even say that there are a couple things that engaged couples need to know. One, there is such wisdom in premarital counseling. Um, We unfortunately kind of slipped through the cracks where we lived and attended church at that time. And I think a lot of confusion or frustration could have been avoided in the beginning stages of our marriage had we had that consistent premarital counseling. Um, we did have very intentional conversations with couples that we looked up to and lived a Christ-centered marriage. Um, and we walked through a premarital DVD set. Uh, but if you're listening and you're engaged or in talking about getting engaged, I strongly encourage you and your fiance to talk about expectations Um, expectations in the bedroom, chores, finances, children, bills, anything and everything. Share what your ideas are regarding who takes care of what chores or bills or cooking. And it's so cliche, but it's true. Communication is key. And we'll discuss that a little further in this episode. Um, I'd also say that marriage will show your true colors. Getting married doesn't solve everything. If anything, the areas that you need the most growth in are likely to show even more. So talk with your fiance on what needs improving and how you're going to approach that. And don't forget to share things that your fiance or spouse are doing well either. So overall, I think marriage is a continual pursuit of your spouse. We're supposed to pursue Jesus together and pursue each other, letting the relationship grow. One thing, Taylor, that you have shared with people is there is so much past the wedding day. Uh, When you're engaged, you're planning for a wedding, but you're really preparing for a marriage. So what is your biggest piece of advice to people who are preparing for a marriage or even for some newlyweds? Yeah, I think the easiest thing to do in marriage is to fall off the dating wagon. I think it happens because marriage it can easily fall into a routine. I mean, I'm no psychologist, but I feel like there are plenty of people who have who I've met who have had a marriage that sort of runs on autopilot. The thing is, I think plenty of people see this in other people others' marriages and assume that to themselves, you know, they, they think to themselves, this will never happen to me. I know I've thought that maybe one day, I guess if we're ninety-five years old in the nursing home. Our marriage might fall into a bit of routine at that point, but but certainly not at the beginning. Um, but as we've already found out, it takes an honest effort to stay on the dating wagon. I mean, continually dating one another um, that might not look like like look exactly like it did when we were first started dating, but we found that it has to include time when we are both focused on growing with one another, and and also trying to love the other one in the way that they best receive love. Since, I guess, coming to this realization, we've had to implement several, I guess you could say, safety checks. 
um, into our weekly agenda to ensure that we are continually focused on dating each other. I would encourage people moving on to moving into or or just recently mar- getting married to begin to prepare for this so that you aren't trying to catch up on the dating on dating your loved one. I mean, also keep in mind marriage isn't like a bill that is due, right? Uh, if you miss one payment or a couple of payments, you can't just make it up make it all up on the next payment. So, just focus on finding small ways to love and date your spouse weekly and and you'll be fine. Mm, I love that. Um as you guys learn, Taylor's really good with analogies and making things make sense and things like that. So I like how you said that about bill payments. Um, so let's talk about the marriage aspect. Uh, what do you think has been our biggest hurdle so far in marriage? Well, if I had to guess, I would say we will likely have the same answer to this question. Um, we'll see. But my guess would be, uh, I mean, from my side, I would say, Communication is the biggest hurdle that we've occurred um, in our marriage. Um, I have to admit that I felt a super big relief when I found out that miscommunication is like one of the biggest struggles that couples are faced with. It was nice to know that we weren't the only ones on earth who misunderstood what their spouse's expectations were once in a while. So for those of you who may not have heard that stat before, take some relief in the fact that you aren't the only ones. I don't want to sound like Hannah and I are, are on the, uh, we're all over each other's throats and, and uh, that we're arguing all the time because that would be a total lie. But, I, you know, we do have arguments. We, we do have misunderstandings and um, we aren't always perfectly communicating our thoughts and feelings to each other. Um, honestly, it just took some time for uh, us to understand how the other one hears what the other one is saying. And, and I mean it as simple as that, you know, it's what they're hearing. Um, the best way I can explain this um, is if you are translating one language to another language. Some things are often simply just lost in translation. I think that's what happens in marriage. And occasionally we just get the translation wrong. So we must be doing something right because I equally would say that communication has been our biggest struggle, um, one thing that we talked a lot about is that we often say the same thing or we mean the same thing, but it comes out totally different and that leads to big miscommunication. Uh, sometimes it's easily mediated and sometimes not so much. Uh, at the core though, we realize that we both just want to be heard. So I think we've discussed this before that we're both kind of stubborn people who want to be right even when we are saying the same thing we just struggle to have that last word so something that we're working on is making sure that the other person is heard that we comment on their thoughts and feelings and then find a compromise or solution to move forward so the most fun part in marriage disagreements arguments they happen um we're human and it's natural to not always see eye to eye what areas have you seen us disagree in or argue the most and how have we overcome them <laughs> well um you know i would say expectations um we both have expectations of what the other one will do and and if that expect or what the other one should do i guess i should say or what, what we think they should do and I would say if for us, you know, if that expectation isn't met, then our feelings uh, easily get hurt. And once our feelings are hurt, 
anything else will seemingly set us over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we've both had to work uh, hard over the last year or so um, to set more clear expectations. I think doing this has helped uh, keep us from having our feelings hurt so much and I guess therefore lowering the tension in our, our marriage. I, I agree with that. And maybe a specific type of expectation that I would answer would be adult responsibilities or like marital responsibilities and how things should get done and it's crazy because sometimes we are totally eye to eye on things and other times we're on opposite ends of the spectrum of how things should be done or who should be in charge of getting things done like I know for you you and your family like never wore shoes in the house growing up like you take them off in the garage and my family it's like you can wear them inside maybe don't wear them on carpet but that was just a different responsibility and expectation that we had to work through um I personally have had to work a lot in our marriage of trusting you and realizing oftentimes that there's more than one way to do things and that's okay um And it's good because we generally agree on things, but the disagreements usually come into play when we both have differing ideas of what and how things should be done. And it ultimately comes down to who is going to let their guard down and and say, okay, we can do it your way or we can compromise. And I've definitely had to do that more, uh, working on that compromise position more than you have. You usually are the first one to say, okay, let's just pause and move forward. Um, I will say that one thing that we've done well is always talking things out after a disagreement. So like wherever we are at, we ultimately pause, calm down and talk. We talk about solutions, how to improve the next time. And we leave the conversation where both people know what they need to do moving forward. Um, I also think something that we've worked on is saying these things with grace and love. Um, This has been an interesting rule that we've kind of had um but we never go to bed angry which scripture does say don't let the sun go down on your anger and I'm honestly proud to say that we've stuck to that um and another piece of advice that we received in our engagement season was not to argue in the bedroom and for obvious reasons that I won't go too into it was encouraged to keep that space sacred and generally we stick to that you know we might talk things out while laying in bed Um, but I don't feel like our disagreements largely happen in that space. So shifting gears now, one thing that we have done this past year that has helped us grow immensely is going through a book on marriage together every week and going through a marriage devotional. Talk a little bit about how you've seen that help us grow together. Sure. Well, I'll be honest. I was not the the first one to suggest reading a book together, nor was I overwhelmingly interested in reading a book every week. Um, but I'll but I'll be the first to admit that it was a brilliant idea that you came up with, and I'm, I'm so glad you did. Um, in fact, I often find myself recommending this to other married couples, so uh, well done, Han. Thanks. Um, you know, I think the, the reason I said yes to reading a book with you wasn't for the knowledge that we would gain um, at that time, but... I knew it was an expectation that you had. And right. so I felt that um, I felt that you had this expectation in our marriage that would include us reading books together. And so I went along with it so that I could speak to one of your love languages. Um, so I think in our marriage, one of the benefits of reading together is it makes you feel loved because one of your expectations is being met. Right. Um, so that's one of the great things in our marriage. But on the other hand of it, you know, the books we've read 
Um, they've all been related to marriage, and so far they've all been written by Christian authors, since after all we are trying to build a Christ-centered marriage. So um, I think the best part about reading together is all the conversations that the book has created. You know, the book really facilitates ideas and conversations, and it seems almost every week that we talk um, about what we're learning about in the book, um, it applies to what's happening in our life at that exact moment. Um, we, we find some way to apply it. Um, and so the problems and struggles that we're going through typically stick out when we are reviewing through the book. And it seems to be one of the simplest ways for us to work through solutions uh, to things that we're going through. So I, I will say this on a side note for those of you who are hesitant to maybe read a book with your spouse. Um, I would add this. Uh, if you do decide to read a book together as a couple, don't feel as if you have to read every single word together. Um, if that works for you, great. Um, but if you're like me and get easily distracted, um, taking turns reading means that you'll only be actually listening to the parts that you read. So you'll miss potentially half the book. So instead of leaving the book, instead of doing that, we leave one, we leave, excuse me, leave the book in um, one part of our house and um, we both know where it's at and we just make sure that we've picked it up and read it before our scheduled time to review it. And as you said, Taylor, like that's what works for us. If reading it together at the same time works, great. We, like you said, I would read sometimes and then you'd say, I don't actually know what you said because I had yeah. trouble focusing. But yeah. um, a quick tidbit, the books that we have read together so far are The Five Love Languages, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a second, Meaning of, oh no, Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. And then we've kind of read... Uh, Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. We started that when we got married. It's very wordy, but it's so insightful. But we're going to kind of restart that and go a little bit slower. Um, and that it, was a book that we decided that we would we can't read, read together. together. Yeah. And it, I got distracted yeah. every time. So all fantastic books. There's so many more out there. Gary Thomas is the author of the devotional that we read together. And he has tons of books on marriage out there. Um, so I think... Moving forward, we're talking about the five love languages books. Share with everybody how that book specifically has helped us grow. Um, and for reference, I love quality time and words of affirmation, and Taylor loves words of affirmation and physical touch. Yeah, I think one of um, the ways it has helped us grow is understanding what our love languages are in relationship to the other person's love language. I mean, what I mean is the you know the the language that comes most naturally to me might not mean anything to to you. Yeah. So uh, luckily, we both have words of affirmation in common. But uh, you enjoy quality time, and I enjoy physical touch, and and uh, in addition to uh, the the words of affirmation. So while I might it may be great joy to give you um, it might bring me I guess a great joy to to give you a hug before you head off to work. Um, it might not mean so much to you. Um, so with, with you, I try to be very intentional once I get home, um, and spend time with you. I try not to take my work home or do anything at home that may take away from my time with you so I can give you that quality time. Um, I also brag about you to other people, um, all the time. And, you know, one thing that you've shared with me is you want to hear those things too, uh, as part of the, the, the words of affirmation part. Um, so that's, that's something that I'm working on is, is sharing how proud I am of you uh, so that you can hear that, that what you do or what you're doing matters to me. 
Yeah, I, for reference, I think we talked about this on episode one, I'm an Enneagram too, so I love to help people and to like feel needed, so I don't think it's any mistake that I love words of affirmation, because I'm also an Enneagram too. Um, But talking about you, one, you love physical touch, and I feel like I'm not claustrophobic, but I'm just like, I like my bubble, and my college friends will laugh if they hear this, because... I was, like, the one person that, like, wouldn't give people hugs because I was, like, that's weird. But I'm getting, moving forward with that and, like, something that you shared with me from physical touch side is you just want to be close to me. Like, you want to hold my hand or if we're sitting on the couch, you want me to be, like, right next to you. And that's something that I've tried to grow in is just, you know, giving you that hug or holding your hand or laying next to you when we're watching TV. Um, But one thing that really... I guess shocked me, but maybe it shouldn't have, is I didn't realize how important words of affirmation were for you until reading this book. And I kid you not, like every marital book that we have read talks about how words of affirmation are so important for guys because they want to know that what they're doing is great, how they're leading. If, you know, we can talk about things that need improvement, but at the end of the day, um, one thing you've shared with me is you are much more likely to be productive or proactive when you're encouraged with positive words rather than being told what to do or how to do it. And I'm working that, uh, working on that daily. Um, and I wouldn't even say ladies, like if you want your man <laughs> to improve something, you can say it once, but follow it up with words of encouragement and then pray on it. If you say, Hey, I need him to lead better in this way. Pray for that. Pray for his character and his leadership and encourage him. And it'll be infinitely better than constantly turning around and saying you didn't do this the right way or whatever um going a little deeper from the spiritual side of things one thing that we've learned and discussed many times um is I'm very clearly the emotional one and I probably have enough emotions for both of us and with you having physical touch as a love language you you know appreciate that closeness so much more than I do um But with that, we've both shared how hard it is for us to express the emotional or physical side if our spiritual needs are not met. So that basically means if we aren't in tune spiritually, i.e. pursuing Jesus as individuals and as a married couple, the other aspects of our marriage don't flow as they should. So Taylor, can you share a little on your perspective of this in additional ways that we've worked to grow together spiritually? Yeah, I would say you said it absolutely right uh whenever our whenever we are in tune spiritually both as individuals and as a married couple so many aspects of our marriage just stop running smoothly um we've seen this time and time again so i guess when you think about it it really makes perfect sense our marriage is constructed of three people you me and christ and if one of us is left out of the picture then the whole dynamic changes so um there have been a couple of times in our relationship where we have felt like it was just harder to be on the same page than normal. You know what I mean? Um, What's funny is once we've come to that realization that we're, I guess, misaligned, it's usually pretty easy for us to find the root of the problem. And honestly, typically the answer is lack of spiritual growth during that time period. Um, So to keep on track, I guess, if you will, we started doing a couple of, I guess, checkpoints that you could call them. One of our most frequent checks is every night before we go to bed, we both say one thing that we're thankful thankful about. (laughs) And we also say um, 
uh, you know, or excuse me. So we, we say one thing that we're thankful about and and that, that's about anything, you know, that, that could be about the day. It we doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever that is, it's just something that you're thankful about that day. Um, the other thing, which is something that you really is, I think, an encouraging thing for both of us is the, the we also say what one thing that we're thankful about our spouse. So it's got to be positive. It's got to be encouraging. It's got to be one thing that you're thankful that your spouse has done. Um, and, and as the person who receives that, it's always encouraging to see hey, my spouse thought this of me today. And, and that's, so it's encouraging for both of us. Um, so after that, we close with prayer. Um, and this is just a simple check for us uh, every night uh, just to praise God for what he's provided us with and, and also encourage our spouse. Um, so we also have a couple other checks uh, throughout the week and the month, uh, such as a pl- monthly prayer wall uh, and a verse of the month where we have both of these written on chalkboards in our bedrooms so that we are constant reminders. And then we're also working on carving out more time for quiet time to read our Bibles. I typically like to read the first thing in the morning, uh, and, and you actually prefer to read the last thing at night. So um gives us some time to do it independently. Um, but I think the, for me, the one thing that I would like to get better at is checking in with you on what you're reading through and how it's applying to what's currently going on in our lives. And, and, um, you know, I just, I think there's always ways to grow on that. And I think that's something that I'd like to keep working on in our marriage. Yeah. And I think it's important. Like you said, there's always room to grow. And we even in dating, like our dating relationship was so different than anything either of us went through. Like we've both been in a couple of relationships and obviously they didn't work out. And I'm thankful for that now, but early on in our relationship, like we pretty much knew that we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. And I think the first time I was like, oh no, like, I don't think we're where we need, our need to, where we need to be spiritually. I talked to you and I said, where's your quiet time at? And you were like, it hasn't been there for a week. And I said, okay, me either. But if we're going to do this thing of life together, like what can we do? And in grad school, we set aside times, like what was it? Two or three times a week. And we Mm -hmm. met at the Starbucks on campus or the library, and we said from 1230 to 1 o'clock, we're reading our Bible, nothing else. We're going to meet here. And, you know, looking back, that kind of catapulted us to everything that we're doing now. You know, quiet time, reading a book together, memorizing scripture, how can we love our community, things like that. And um, those are just some things that have helped us grow. And, you know, I hope we continue to do a lot of these things as we get older. And some of them might evolve or we might add things or we might let something go away, not because it's, you know, sliding through their cracks, but, you know, as we grow, we might need to focus on other needs. Um, and we're not perfect at it. You know, there are days or weeks that we miss reading our book or Devo or verse of the month. And I mean, right now, like you've been traveling for work. I've been traveling this summer. You know, we had a lot of friends get married and so we just weren't home. But as you said, I think it's important to constantly move forward, evaluate, and communicate. Uh, So what is one last piece of advice you want to share with our listeners about moving forward in marriage by working on the now? So I I guess my last piece of advice, um, or I guess my first piece of advice, really, if someone was going to ask me what's your your piece of advice, wrap it all up. um, I would say um, don't wait to invest in your marriage. Uh, Don't wait until your job gets easier or until you have more time or until you have more money or until this pandemic is officially over, um, don't wait to start dating them then. 
Start dating your spouse today. Start pouring into their marriage, your marriage today and start learning the love languages that your spouse speaks today. You know, you married them because you absolutely love them. Um, so protect and grow what you love. Mm, I love that. I don't think there's anything to add to that. So thank you for coming on today and talking about marriage. Um, there's obviously so many facets of marriage, so we might come back at some point with another marriage episode, but thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another brand new episode. Follow us on social media at Captivating Community. And if you would like to submit a topic suggestion, visit us at hannahmfathery.com slash connect.